Hey guys, you're listening to Season 1, Episode 2 of Backstage with Nearly York, our brand new podcast series. I'm your host and frontman of the band, Lucas Gino. For each episode of this podcast, the guys and I are going to be going into detail about our music, the stories behind each song, lyrical interpretation, the evolution of our live performances, and more. This season, we will be focusing on our debut 11-song album, Time Alone, which we released on June 1st, 2018. If you like what we're doing here with this podcast, please let us know by subscribing to it on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or whatever podcasting platform you enjoy using. Also, we would love to hear from you, whether you reach out with a message, email, podcast rating, or something else. Speaking with and learning about you makes all that we do feel worthwhile. Thank you so much for joining us. Let's get started. What's going on, guys? It is Tuesday, January 29th. Uh, we recorded this podcast together as a band for the first time, like we said we were going to do on the 27th, which was two days ago on Sunday. Um, and I know we said we were going to live stream this one, but we really wanted to make sure that the quality of video that we're streaming out um, is good and that the, the audio attached to the video sounds good and that the picture behind us looks good. And it, it's a lot more than we originally anticipated. So we pre-recorded this one and we'll be putting out um, a pre-recorded video to show you what the podcast may look like. We're still working out the kinks as we go. But this episode is about hiding out the second song on the album. Without further ado, I'll let me and the guys take it away from two days ago. So episode two, Hiding Out. This is our first podcast as an entire band that we're all here. We're actually in my room, so welcome to my room. Um, yeah, this so okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a nice room. This is episode two. Uh, episode one, Anchor Me Down, is already out. I'm sure I already said that in the intro, but definitely go check that out if you haven't listened to this. Uh, so you're caught up. My God, I wish I could be less awkward. Now you know how many See, takes it takes. See, I know how many takes it takes we're, we're when I'm by that, myself. Though, because this oh, is good. Oh, man. You can watch us struggle through this, <laughs> and it's going to be yeah. hopefully not as painful. So first off, I wanted to throw this over to Brad and Lucas as they were more involved with the writing process and about lyrics and how we got to the point where we actually had like a song content we could actually start to produce. Yeah, so hiding out a uh, second song on the album. Um, Brad, when did that first idea for Hiding Out actually come into play? I don't remember the um, first one I sent to you. So Lucas had sent me the first demo of that song actually when I was a senior in college. I remember being in my house and when I when he sent the email for the file and I opened it up right away. Like it was the piano and just the style of the song was something that just fit my mood and like what I was into at the time. So I immediately loved it. I remember going out to the living room to my roommates and playing it for them and just seeing what they thought because I thought it was awesome and I knew I wanted to run with it. So it was sometime, I would say in the fall, so it was like a full year until we actually officially brought it to the band and recorded it and actually worked on it. 
Yeah, the band didn't exist at that point. Right. I, and so, like, I we just sat on it. Like, Lucas and I had sat on that song for a year until we actually kind of got to run with it. But I think we both knew that we wanted to put that one on the album. Yeah, well, and so so you have some context. I had just binge-listened to Coldplay's latest album at the time, A Head Full of Dreams, and Everglow was a song that the sound of it to production, uh, the way Chris Martin wrote it, I really loved that. And so I sat down, and I think I've tried to do a lot of things musically in the past that have been to copy the people that I look up to, and I love that album. So um, I was trying to come up with piano riffs that I liked that could follow along in that style and that's kind of where Hiding Out came from and we're not going to do it here uh, right now but I'm going to add this into the podcast right now we'll play that first uh, demo that I sent to Brad so you can kind of hear how a lot of the ideas that made it to the final recording are still there um, but where it started so here's the demo that I would have made about three years ago and sent to Brad that email. Was that sure. the was that the demo that you had sent to me then? Yeah, that's the demo I sent I sent to you. I guess Correct. yeah, I guess I should give a little bit more of a background on what I'm talking about. So, like I said, I had gotten the the recording when I was still a senior in college. So at that time, it was just Lucas and I. Um, Lucas had graduated already, but we knew that we wanted to record an album, at least us two, if anything, because we knew we wanted to start a new project. And once I graduated, I got a job at Claire, and I met John and Lucas through bartending. Met. Chris, and then that's when we all got together as Lucas and I were already tracking an album, and then it just kind of became the Nearly York album, just everyone getting pushed into it pretty quickly. So so this was actually one of the first songs that you had sent me to before we were even like a band. Um, I had seen Lucas and Brad come in um, to play at the restaurant where Lucas and I both worked. And I was like blown away with the musicality of it. Um, and I kind of pestered and bullied a little bit Lucas to let me come play in the studio with them as they were recording these songs. That's funny, though, that you were actually there at one of our shows because I didn't actually know that. So no, I actually learned. Something. We're all learning something. Yeah, so today. there you go. I, so, I wasn't there, just so everyone knows. I was, John was not there. I was late the bloomer. out. <laughs> so then at the same time, I had no idea what a lot of your original stuff sounded like at that point. So Lucas then sent a few emails with some of the songs. So um, I got Water's Edge um, and then Hiding Out and uh, Rocket Ship. And I remember listening to all of them and Hiding Out specifically, like sticking out to me um, as like this just 
moving piece of music that I could really, really see myself playing into and adding to. Um, so I was glad that they gave me that opportunity to come in and record. And then here we are. Right on. I can maybe just go over lyrics a little bit, kind of where that came from. So um, when I was writing this song, I was writing a lot about addiction. And um, I explained in the last episode why that kind of relates into my life. Uh, but the concept of this song is you're, you're talking about somebody that is really fighting with demons and the chorus and you go around hiding out inside yourself. Um, it's safer how, because in the end you've got your doubt and I can't follow you down. It, the idea of you have someone really close to you that you care about, but they have a problem. And at the end of the day, uh, when it comes to addiction, the only person that can help someone out of it is themselves. And you can offer support if it's asked for to an extent, but the best way to make sure that you're okay is to take care of yourself. And so that's, that's what the song's about and that's where it came from for me. So that's the premise behind the song. So. Now maybe we can lighten the mood. Yeah. How, that, <laughs> how does that make you all feel after you just drop that knowledge on? Speaking of uh, once the like the whole premise of the song was set and like the structure of it was set, that was around the time that then I got involved. I met Brad at work and we ate lunch outside the one day and he was asking me all these questions about like, what kind of music you listen to and what do you think about like bands and things like that like really like deep questions that i just had to like answer asking you what band you like is a deep question well no no no, no. but the, the one hey man about... can i sit here whoa just met you know, <laughs> about relax. to drop some serious stuff on you but could i ask you what no, band but what's your favorite football team you were, we, we got into a conversation really quickly about like our thought process behind like how bands should interact with each other and how like it should work and how music should be written and <laughs> stuff like that so it was like, I'm like, wow, okay. And uh, we shared a lot of similar ideas. And then he brought, he said, you should come jam with us one time. Well, yeah, I, I actually showed you. Oh, yeah, showed you showed you the, me the, the early mix of Stormy Afternoon. Yeah, mm -hmm. and that was which fun. I was all about. And initially, when I first heard that you were doing a project with a friend, I was like, this is probably going to be a really awkward because I'm going to listen to it and think to myself, that's great, man. Yeah, I'm going to keep doing my own thing. Nice. <laughs> People but, pleaser at work. <laughs> but then he played it for me, and it was like complete. I was like, wow, okay, so this is actually a legitimate, this is real. Like, these guys actually are good musicians, and they're really, they really put into their craft. So uh, then I showed up, and then Lucas basically laid the boom on me and said, like, so we're going to do this, we're going to record. Boom. I like that yeah. phrase. I'm going to lay the boom on you here. Well, I came into a thing and I'm going to jam. And then he's like, yeah, we're going to like record and we're going to go down and try to get it mixed in Nashville and all this other stuff. And then next thing you know, I was just walking out of there. I guess I'm in a band. Yeah, those really of you that know me, I'm a very impulsive person. Um, what a normal person would hear was Brad came in and he said, hey, I met this guy, John, at work and he likes similar music and I invited him to come in and jam. And I heard hey, I found the perfect guy for the band and he's coming in for our first real practice. So like John showed up and I think we played for 10 minutes. I started telling him about all the things that all of us were now going to do as a band and he definitely had more of a Brad reaction to that, which was, whoa. <laughs> yeah, I walked out of there and went to, met up with some friends and I walk up and they're like, hey, how was your jam? I was like, well, I think I'm in a band now. Hiding Out, though, that was the first song that for me felt like a real trial run as to whether or not this was going to work because they gave an idea of what they wanted, but I'd never really played with these guys before. So coming up with a guitar part for it was extremely daunting. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to. Well, and I think stuff. that's important too, John, because we, we slapped you right on lead guitar. And that was one of the earlier songs we tracked, wasn't it, guys? I was 
Or was it in the middle? Yeah, no, I feel like that was, was one of the, the earliest ones. Hey, while we're, I just want to point out while we're doing this, we are naturally doing it, but we're transitioning into the second segment of this podcast, which is uh, talk a little bit about the recording process of this song. Oh, yeah. Now that we've kind of gotten through the writing and how it was created. So, Chris, do you remember anything about drums for this song that were particularly challenging or if this was an easy song? So at that point, um, coming in and, you know, Brad and Lucas know this song already. Um, this is not my song at this point in time. So I was just coming in to play play a part that was already written, essentially. Um, so most of the grooves and the beats kind of stay the same. I'm pretty sure it was that tracking to that song was like one of the first times I like met Chris. Mm-hmm. And just the fact that he... Not that that's what we do to Chris, because I, when I say this stuff, it sounds so much worse than I mean it. But like he would just sit down and he would give anything a try that we like kind of told him like no we're kind of thinking this for this song for this beat and like he'd be like sure or like any kind of fill anything like you'd say hey you want to try something different here and he'd just be like yes and like just do it and it was just made the whole process for drums amazing when we had first come up with this song uh, our expectations for this song was that it was going to be the biggest song on the record the one that everybody was going to love not that people don't but i think you know take you there and stuck in these ways have emerged as the top two we, we don't play it live anymore we can kind of go into that but i mean we still love this song at least i do i love this song um it may not have came out exactly the way we wanted it but that's just the way it, it was recorded at that time and that's what any recording is it's just one moment of time when you record a song it's definitely a stadium rock song in my head when i was writing it i'm picturing it being in this huge sixty thousand seater where everybody knows the lyrics and is singing along and the song means something to them but the problem is where we're at now and the kind of bars and clubs that we're playing um a lot of times it's in front of people we've never met before and we have to kind of like earn their respect and get them into it or they will just go elsewhere so playing a song that is slower like this one and takes so long to get going it's not a song that um, if you'd never heard us before and you heard us playing it live, uh, it's not one that would really grab a lot of people's attention and make them stick around to watch us. And It's but, not a complete, like, we're just trying to please the crowd when we're playing. Like, it is our choice that we feel better when we're up there playing upbeat music. And, like, we still we still are proud of any song that we write. Like, we're still proud of hiding out. And it's not that we're like, oh, we're afraid people will hate us because we play this song. It's just, we want it. Right, well, I think the choice of why we don't perform it live, though, too, is because we want to create, like, a, an experience for people who come. And so part of that experience is keeping uh, entertainment value up and giving people, like, a reason to kind of let go of everything that's going on in their lives and just kind of relax and enjoy themselves until we can maybe re-look at it or something for an hour or something. Yeah, that and I think I mean it's not an easy song for Lucas to sing either. Oh, well, we'll play it here at the end. Woof. It's rough. Get ready. But yeah, I mean, it's just I can't I can't hit it thing, that well. Though, like a lot of these songs, like we kind of wrote them or we're making them in the studio. So singing on a, a recorded track is not anything like just going out and playing it. So like Lucas is able to be in the studio and be a lot more comfortable and just get the right take that fits it. 15 takes to make sure it sounds right. It's it's tough to just go out and play it live and just nail that song. It's just a tough song to play. I think that's a great point and why we're so excited about the new stuff. Other than Anchor Me Down, we didn't sit down to write any of these. Uh, We wrote them in the studio in the beginning, sitting in front of a computer and adding one instrument at a time. And I think it comes across that um, a lot of times when you do that, it's really hard to take that song and then make it work live to to it's easy to take a song that sounds great live and then make a 
recorded version. It's hard to make a song that was built to be a recorded song and then make it an exciting live song because we added a lot of elements to a lot of these songs um, that, you know, even if you throw them in the tracks, there's a lot of group vocals and places that just like if we had played it live, we would have been like, wow, this feels weird. We should probably write this differently. So like they're cool songs, maybe not the best live song for that reason. Uh, which is why the next stuff that comes out is going to be so exciting because it's going to be a great record, but we know that it's going to sound just as good, if not better, live because that's where it started, was us saying, this sounds great when we play it just by ourselves. Yes. Yes. Wow, thanks for that input, John. You're welcome. I concur. Anything we want to say to the fine people that have somehow made it all the way to the end of this thing? Do you like the song? Comment below. That's a good. That is actually a good. Yeah. Point. Yeah. What are you? Maybe what are no you? one actually likes the song, and we, <laughs> yeah. we're just. just we would love to know what you think about it. If you yeah. comment on a Facebook post, or you send us a message, or you can send us a message through Facebook or Instagram or through our website. Yeah, our Facebook Messenger thing is now fancy. So. Oh yeah, I did a lot of work cool, on that. Go ahead and shoot us a message on Facebook and your mind will be blown. Neato game. So we're going to leave you here. Uh, Here is a piece of a live recording from our band practice when we were running through Hiding Out. Please excuse the vocals. We will see you next time for episode three of Backstage with Nearly York, which will be nonstop. Go wild. Go wild. (laughs) Go comments. Is this your cat?